Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Sorry for no episode Saturday and Sunday. Uh, sometimes I was really busy. I didn't really have any time to do a podcast. So we're back today and we're going to do a big episode today. Colin is going to be joining me today for the first time in a while. And we're going to be discussing the big Anthony Davis trade. I know a little bit late, but I figured the good part about this is now that everyone's got their opinion out. Uh, if I did it two days ago, it would be you know tough for my uh, opinion to get noticed. But now... Not as many people are sharing their first thoughts now, so that's a good thing, I guess. And then we're going to discuss the uh, U.S. Open, Gary Woodland getting the win, and then we are going to be discussing the Boston Red Sox. So first, we're going to get to the big Anthony Davis trade, so let's get to that. All right, so you know what the trade is by now. I'll say it one more time. Uh, The Lakers receiving Anthony Davis. The New Orleans Pelicans are receiving Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, the number four pick in the 2019 draft, and two more first-round picks. Um, And those picks uh, specifically is a top eight protected pick in 2021, which becomes unprotected in 2022. Um, If it it ends up in the top eight, which I doubt it will, but you just never know. And then the 2023 pick is... A 2023 pick, I do believe. Am I reading that right? Can you read that? That that, that, that makes no sense because I see 2023, 2024, and 2025. Anyway, you get the point. It's probably going to be some measly late first-round pick. Obviously, everybody's like, oh, the Pelicans can swap uh, with the Lakers. Doesn't matter. Are the Lakers going to finish? uh, Are the Pelicans going to finish ahead of the Lakers? No. I, I sure hope not. I, I sure hope not, but um, the deal won't be officially completed until July twenty, uh, July sixth at the earliest due to salary cap reasons. But um, which wait a minute, but if you think about it, the Pelicans could be good at that time because they're adding Zion and a bunch. Yeah, of but other I, I I don't know, maybe, but whatever. Uh, July 6th, which, honestly, I think they'll still get the fourth pick. Um, I think the deal just can't be completed, which it's very weird because I think that still means they get the fourth pick. That confused me at first, but the Pelicans still getting the fourth pick. Anyway, sorry, I'm probably just confusing you guys more than actually helping the situation, but big blockbuster trade. We were at a party, and then we just kind of saw the news. That's why, again, I didn't have, we didn't have time to do a podcast, and we saw it. That was crazy. I did not expect the trade to happen right now. I expected the trade maybe draft day, you know, something like that. I didn't expect it just to kind of, kind of came out of the woodwork. It was just kind of came out of nowhere. It was surprising news. I just didn't expect it to happen like that. You know, right after it was obviously the deal was in place. Okay, the deal was obviously in place. It was, I wouldn't say in place, but it was pretty much there. And I'm sure once the NBA finals were over a few days after that, they finally got, the, you know, the deal officially done between the two sides. I'm sure they just had to work out a few more things and then they made it official. Well, technically not yet, but you get my point. Huge, huge trade. So what does this mean for both sides? I mean, it, it's clear that the Lakers um, the Lakers are trying to go all in, you know, maximize this window. Katie and Clay Thompson, if they both sign back Golden State, this is a perfect time to take Anthony Davis because those two are going to be hurt. So that, you know, kind of 
minimizes the Warriors. And if KD goes to the Knicks or the Clippers, that minimizes them. You know, I want to say minimize, but you know what I mean. And overall, it is a risk because you're giving up Lonzo Ball, who I think, you know, has shown he, he can be a very good player. He's a great defender, very good passer, obviously not a very good shooter. All right, driving to the hoop, but you know, he looks like he could be something solid in the future. Uh, I don't think, I think at most a few all star appearances, one or two, maybe three at most. Brandon Ingram, who is, you know, still a question mark. Um, you look at him and, you know, great scoring ability. Uh, he's very skinny, not a fantastic defender. Uh, I think he, Bad three point he shooter. could be. He could get there one day to be. Yeah, he has the potential to be a. a uh, but it's really a more of a seventy-five percent chance he just busts, though. It's not. Looking, I don't think he he'll bust. Not I mean, he's bust, putting, but not not turn into a. Great, I think he'll always be kind of that poor man's Kevin Durant. I mean, the guy just needs he needs to at least get that three-point shot, Brandon Ingram. But he's got. He, I like his potential. I'm just not sure if he'll ever reach it. Maybe in um, so. New Orleans he can because I think New Orleans will, is a better fit for him. He's not a good fit at all in LA. Uh, and then LA gives up Josh Hart, a nice little three and D player. You know, I don't think he'll ever be something spectacular. I thought he was kind of a steal. I think they picked him 29th to 30th in the 2017 oh, draft, Hart. I believe. Josh yeah, a nice three and D wing. Um, and I think that's just a nice piece. And then the fourth pick. Some people think this is just a three man draft. I don't believe that. I, I, I just never. I never did. I, yeah, the three man after outside those three, the draft isn't the best. I'm pretty high on this draft just because that's just me. I'm high on young talent. Probably the hardest part of analyzing the NBA for me is picking busts. I just see a bright side in like every single uh, prospect. But the fourth pick still has a, a good amount of value. They just have to hit on it. If they can hit on that, think about they're gonna get Zion, okay? So if they if they can sign back Julius Randle, land Zion, they also have Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball. The odds of them landing the best player possible at number four, Zion living up to the hype, signing back Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo all hitting their ceilings like that. That's probably not gonna happen, but. They have a great future ahead of them with this trade. Now, I don't like those fans, those NBA fans that are saying the Lakers gave up too much because I. those are the same fans that have heard the Lakers need to go all in for Anthony Davis. And now, all of a sudden, they give up a few first-round picks and a few unproven young stars. Still a lot, but I'm hearing them, I don't know, maybe we give too much. They didn't even give up Kyle Kuzma. Didn't even give up Kyle Kuzma. And I still hear them babbling on about how this was too much. Some people, not all, but I've heard some people say that, and it's enough is enough. You didn't even have to give up Kyle Kuzma. Did you give up a lot? Yes. But you gave up the right price for Anthony Davis. Now, Anthony Davis said he's going to enter free agency but wants to extend with the Lakers. And it's not that I don't buy it, because I do buy that right at this moment he wants to be a Laker with LeBron for more than just this upcoming season. But don't don't buy into it completely. Like, yep, he's here for the next years to come. Because I don't believe anything these guys say. I don't believe it until pen on paper. Because Kyrie said he was going to be a Celtic. Um, you know, he wants to be Celtic to come sign back with the team. And look, he's already 
I think he already actually moved out of his Boston house today officially. I mean, look at him. Now, he's basically gone. He's basically in Brooklyn, or maybe L.A., but wherever. He's out of Boston. Kawhi Leonard said, didn't, you know, directly say, like, you know how Anthony Davis told the Celtics, I'm not coming back. It's not that Kawhi didn't say that directly, but Kawhi said he didn't really want to play in Toronto. And look at there's a chance he stays. I'm not totally sold he's staying. I mean, uh, I think it raised his chances of saying that they won the championship. Yes, obviously. Yeah, obviously. He's got a ton of love there. Uh, and I do think Toronto's a place, uh, an underrated big market. I think he, you know, he's obviously with New Balance, which, you know, could have been better for Kawhi, but a better options. But that's not a horrible place to build a brand. Is it as good as L.A.? No. But you have all of Canada behind you. And I know Canada shoes don't really mix uh, in brand, you know, building a brand in Canada. But when you're the only team in Canada and you just want a, a chip, I mean, not that bad. But all of that being said, until it's put on pen on paper, I'm not sold Anthony Davis is staying after this year. Do I think he will? If I had to make a prediction right now, Aiden, do you think he's signing back next season? Yes. But I don't. No, in the NBA. Like, it has been just so crazy lately. And these guys say something, and then, you know, 10 months later, it's a different story. 12 months later, a year later, whatever. But this is obviously a big, big trade. Now, for the Celtics. Obviously, you know, I talk all about sports, but I'm a Celtics fan, and a lot of us, are the listeners to this podcast, are from Boston, so I assume you're a Celtics fan. I don't know if you are or aren't, but I just assume that. What happened? I've heard you know some of you guys who said we're getting Anthony Davis. We're going all in on Anthony Davis. We gotta get Anthony Davis. Now all of a sudden, it's it's all of a sudden. Oh, good thing we didn't make that trade. And I get it if you're saying it in a sense you said it when we you know if you said it eight nine months ago when it looked like yeah Kyrie when it looked like staying. Kyrie was staying sure. But if you guys were saying that you know a week ago, I hate those people who are saying you know. Last Thursday, Friday, a few days before Anthony Davis was officially traded to the Lakers, those of you who were saying, which wasn't a ton, but some, a lot of fans were saying, just because Kyrie's leaving, we still go out and get Anthony Davis. Even though, you know, Rich Paul said, no way he's going to sign back. You just never know. Let's go in for Anthony Davis. But now that Anthony Anthony Davis was just traded to the Lakers, oh, it's all right, because that's how it's always all right. We never make the wrong move in, in Boston. It's all right. Kyrie's gone. We're all right. These last nine, ten months, give or take, have been horrible. Everything has gone wrong. Everything has gone wrong. Gordon Hayward did not... Oh, sorry. I just burped. Did not return as the player you thought he would. What? (laughs) Gordon Hayward did not return as the player you thought he would. Okay? The Sacramento pick, which you thought, the Sacramento pick you thought was going to be top six, at least. Top six, top seven, at least. You were thinking maybe around the fourth pick, it's the 14th. The Lakers, the Kings, all of a sudden, you have to get their pick. Best season in 13 years. Best season in 13 years. And in the past five years, their pick has been at least in the top, it's either been the eighth pick or above. In the past five years. Now it's the 14th. Don't forget about that sweet run we had in the middle of the season. I mean, and then you have Kyrie, who says he's going to stay, and then all of a sudden he starts undermining his teammates. 
young teammates. And, you know, he just wants to be toxic. Kyrie went from, you know, being the you know leader of the team. He's the guy that's going to take you from a few minutes away from the NBA Finals to taking you to the NBA Finals. And all of a sudden, he ruined that season. So not only did Kyrie oh, Irving ruin your NBA final season, easy sweep through the East, you're going to moonwalk through the East. But now all of a sudden, he ruined the Anthony Davis trade too. Because if he stays, if Kyrie was staying, if Danny Age knew Kyrie Irving, was staying in Boston, he would have pulled the trigger on Anthony Davis. That told you, if you... Listen, I did not think Kyrie's coming back at all. Okay, I did not think Kyrie was coming back. I always leave the door crack open, because if you know me, I keep saying that all the time. I don't I don't count anything out, but the odds that he was going to stay were like .0001. This sealed the deal. I, I mean, I, I leave that crack just in case. But that sealed the deal to me. Danny Ainge knows he's not coming back. Thursday, it's planned, I think, before the NBA draft. Kyrie's going to meet up, and they're going to kind of talk about the future. It's just going to be, you know, we're talking about this. Anthony Davis did this a few weeks ago. You know, talk about the future. All of a sudden, ooh, those Celtics fans getting a little excited. Kyrie's going to stay. No, no, this is where they, you know, hug, say goodbye, and wish each other luck in the future. That's all it's going to be. It's just going to be, you know what, sorry, things didn't work out here. I wish you the best of luck. Have a good life. That's that's what it's going to be. I I don't know what, if you actually think, you know, he's going to stay. Danny Ainge knows he's not going to stay. Danny Ainge went after this guy ever since KD didn't sign back in 2016. Danny Ainge was after Anthony Davis. It seemed like, you know, he'd make a move, try to get Anthony Davis. He collected all these assets. Maybe he was trying to go after Anthony Davis is what I'm starting to think. He didn't even get him. And Kyrie Irving ruined that. If Kyrie stays, you know, if Kyrie doesn't have to be so toxic and so whiny and so his ego is so big, you know, if, if Kyrie's ego was not so big, he didn't have to be so toxic and actually gave it a chance. Because I, I feel like he, he became a little, I don't know, I feel like at first there was a pressure essence where I felt at first he felt the pressure like, oh, there's high expectations for this team. I'm the leader of the team. A little bit of pressure, maybe. Maybe not. And then all of a sudden, he realized these young guys... I said it time and time again. That playoff run killed you this year. As fun as it was last year, it was not worth it. I would rather have had them lose to the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round last year. Because this year would have gone so much more smoother. Because it's not like you won a ring last year. If you went up with that team and won a ring last year, and then all of a sudden this year was ruined, it's fine. You won a ring. But all you did was go on this, you know, run. It was a good run, but it didn't get you an NBA Finals. So, and then all of a sudden it hurt you this year because these young guys all of a sudden were having a good time, you know, were all of a sudden gelled into these big roles, and all of a sudden they're getting comfortable in these big roles, starting to, you know, get sized up for a bigger, you know, you know they're in like a size 10 shoe, and then they're getting ready to move up to size 11 going into the season, and then all of a sudden Kyrie comes and they got to move back to size 7s. And it's too tight and they don't like it. And they start whining and crying and then all of a sudden, oh, I, I don't know. Okay. And uh, don't forget that uh, people have been saying Jason Tatum is like one of the least improved players out of this whole season. Him and Ben Simmons. And then Jalen Brown hasn't improved much. And your young players aren't just aren't improving as much as... Yeah. You like him too, so it's yeah. And I've heard I've heard people thing. say, 
Oh, Kyrie's gone. Well, that's all right because, you know, remember that playoff run we made last year, okay? Remember that? Remember that playoff run? So we're going to do that. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, they're all going to get better. Jason Tatum's going to be an MVP candidate. We're going to just, you know, we have three first-round picks this year. We have the 14th, the, the, what is it, 21st and 23rd. I always get those last two. Yeah, 22nd and tw- 20th, 20th, okay? So so those are going to get us three superstars right there. That's going to get us at least two oh, yeah. high-quality all-star players. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. We're gonna get I, do, I do, here, here's the thing. I do think this is not the deepest draft class ever, but it's not the thinnest either. I do think you're going to at least get one solid player, if not two, out of those three draft picks, okay? I thought they were going to trade one of them. I thought Danny Ainge was going to trade one of those ones in the 20s. But that's at least going to get you one solid player, if not two. But I, I I feel like people are treating this like, oh, the draft. We're just going to you know snag a few all-stars out of there. No, it's that's not how it's going to work. I'm sorry. The odds of you getting one all-star with one of those picks? Uh, I mean, if you get... 10% chance. Like, if, if you, you get, get a bull bull, I, yeah, I like, I here, here's, I, I, I would like a bull bull. If we can get bull bull with I, the 20th pick, I, I, I don't know if we'll fall that far. That's the problem. Cause I now, think all, of sudden, I think we now all of a sudden I sound like that Celtics fan, you know, we'll just, we'll, we'll grab Zion with the 14th pick. I um, think 14th pick. Is maybe like, RJ with the 20th. Like, I don't want to sound like think... that, but if he could slide to the 20th pick, I definitely take him. But if he's at the 14th pick, it depends who's there. Because if Brandon Clark's there, I want Brandon Clark. I did a scouting report on him, you know, before. Love Brandon Clark. Defensive beast. Absolute defensive beast. And he's a solid inside player as well. The only problem was he'd have to be your power forward instead of your small ball five because the guy can't shoot. But that's fine because he can be your power forward. Here's the thing, though. Um, with Bobo, Bobo has the potential to be very good defensively, but I know what I'm getting with Brandon Clark. With Bobo, he's a big question mark. You know, he keeps getting hurt. He's very skinny. I know I'm getting a good pick-and-pop shooter, but what do I know he's getting defensively? Defensively, this guy could completely bust. I don't know. He has the potential defensively. He moves well for a seven-foot, three-four, four-beast. But I don't know if he's going to be this defensive stud. If Brandon Clark's available at 14, that's who I want. But um, if Bobo's available at 20, if, if, if Bobo's available at 14, going. it depends on who else is available. But if he slides down to 20, which I don't count out, I don't, uh, I, I do. don't, I don't count out in my mock I draft. I, I I count that out. No, I don't count it out at all. 18 is no. the 18 17 is no. the highest. Look at the look, is, here's the like thing. The Do I think he's gonna slide down to 20? Not really. No. In my mock draft, I actually have him sliding down that far just because why not? I want to spice things up. But do I really think that? No. But it, there's definitely a possibility. I don't count that out at all. So let's say, you know, he's not gonna get picked inside the top nine. Okay, he's not gonna get picked. So tenth pick Atlanta. Odds are they land Jackson Hayes. They could take Bobo there. The odds of it happening, not great. Minnesota with the 11th pick, they have Carl Anthony Towns. No. Charlotte with the 12th pick, a chance. I don't, I don't, I have heard no I reports s- that they're going to take him, though. I, 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 I think they're taking a, like a, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think they'll take what's him. What's the guy's name? Uh, Seke. Seke Domboya. Yeah, I see. Miami at 13. No, 
No, no. I they think already they, have two centers. Yeah, they're, they're Bam good. Adebayo, Hassan Whiteside. I hear they're after Seko, Dumboya, Romeo Langford. I don't think they'll take him there. Boston could, but let's just say you don't, okay? Let's say you don't. Hope he slides up to 20. Detroit at 15. No. They, they literally, that's the last thing they need is another big man. They just need... Guards they, and yeah, they have Don Maker, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. They're good. Orlando at 16. They have Mo Bamba and Nikola Vucevic. Uh, again, Bamba looks like a bust right now, and Vucevic is no guarantee he comes back. But I don't think they're they're going to take no. Bobo there. No. 17, you got Brooklyn. A chance. I don't they count Jared it out. Allen, yeah, they have Jared Allen, though. There's I, a I chance they take Bobo if they want to try to get, get that asset. But I don't... I don't I don't really see it there. I, I don't count it out. You know, you have to remember by 17, teams start thinking about, you know, why not? 18, Indiana. I've heard reports they, they could be a little interested, but they have Miles Turner, Demarcus Sabonis, Thaddeus Young, again, Sabonis and Young are both free agents, but and that being said, and Miles Turner could move down to power four and Bobo could go to center. So Bobo to the Indiana Pacers at 18, if he slides out of the lottery, I don't count out. That could be interesting. 19 San Antonio. I've heard uh, that's the one that scares me the most mm-hmm. because that's the biggest Their threat only to taste center them. center is Jakob Pertle. Pertle, exactly. So, and I've heard reports they have some interest in Bobo if he slides down to 19. That scares me because if he does slide down to 19, I, I, um, I see I'm not even kidding. Their, their only rostered center is Jakob Pertle. I, I, they, I they play with Marcus Aldridge yeah. in that center. So that, that's that that's what I'm center. looking at right there. You know, Atlanta, slight chance at ten. A little bit of a chance for Charlotte at twelve. And then, a little bit of chance for Indiana and Brooklyn, and there's a good chance San Antonio takes him at nineteen. So if you could do a trade, uh if you're really invested in Bowl Bowl, um I'm sure they the people like Danny Ainge knows more than we do about what the Spurs are thinking at 19. Like, if Bobo slides down, they probably have a better idea than we do. But that being said, I don't want to make this Bobo talk about the trade. Uh, but, no, we're too optimistic about the future. You've been absolutely hammered these past nine, ten months. Have been horrible. Horrible. You were expected to moonwalk through the East, losing the second round in five games to the Bucks. You are expected to be top seed. You know, top seed, maybe the second seed. You were the fifth seed. Or four, fourth seed, my bad. A fourth seed. And not a great one either. You should have been the fifth seed until Victor Oladipo went down with an injury. And you swept the Pacers because, let's say Victor Oladipo doesn't go down with an injury. All of a sudden now you're the five seed. And you might not even get out of the first round. But that was probably one of the few things that went right for you. That and KD going down with an injury. So now the Knicks aren't a threat for next year for you. But Gordon Hayward wasn't what you expected. Kyrie Irving again was super toxic, hurt your team, and you thought he'd actually he you thought he'd take you from going a few minutes away from the NBA Finals to taking you to the NBA Finals. Instead, he made you go a step back. He ruined the Anthony Davis trade. He ruined all your plans. Kyrie uh, Gordon Hayward played in effect. You know he he hasn't developed as much as he thought he would after that injury. But Kyrie is the main reason you have just been absolutely screwed. Danny Ainge deserves credit because he constructed a great team. Danny Ainge, I would have signed Gordon Hayward to that contract. I, I, Who wouldn't have at that time? He didn't think Gordon Hayward was going to get injured. You can't plan that out if you're Danny Ainge. If I were Danny Ainge, I would have made the Isaiah Thomas trade. IT, he, he knew IT was banged up. Look at uh, how IT returned. Not that great. Okay? I still think, you know, he was a solid player, and then he kind of got his career ruined by LeBron and all these trades. But 
you know, when he went to Cleveland, he wasn't horrible. He just wasn't as good, mostly because he wasn't a good fit. But anyway, Jay Crowder was on an awesome contract, but look at how many wings you have now. Uh, the pick, the pick ended up being worse than you thought. Again, if I was Danny Ainge, I'd do that Kyrie Irving trade. I signed Gordon Hayward. He made the right moves, and he still has. This roster just hasn't meshed together. So how much of this, you know, blame does Danny Ainge deserve for that? Because he put a get together a good roster they thought would work, and it didn't. So he does deserve blame for putting together a roster that didn't work. But, but he put together a ton of talent. It wasn't, yeah. Your like team you said, was set up to be winning the East now and winning the East in five years. Your team was set up for the future and right now, and it, that was incredible. I remember last season getting so excited for this season because I just, the expectations were so high. But little did we know, they were actually going to do worse than last season. I don't think anybody predicted this. No. Because everybody predicted, oh, look at Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, they ro- Jason Tatum that they just picked. Their roster's going to be so good. They ended up, what, in the first season that they were together, having, like, 12 wins the first uh, 12 games? No, they were 10-10 and 10 the first 20. I remember that. They got yeah. off to a slow start, but people are saying, you know, they're still, they're still gelling together a little bit. No, Kyrie's no. just coming back. Gordon Hayward. There was, like, a season where they had, like, 12 in a row. Was that... When they still had IP. that was oh when the uh, that was when the streak was broken By on Thanksgiving heat. Day on yeah. the heat yeah no, I that was Thanksgiving that. Eve Thanksgiving Eve, Eve my yeah. bad uh, yeah I remember watching that game getting yeah. break to the Miami Heat but <laughs> that was a few years ago um was that it or was Kyrie there I believe that yeah. was it I do believe uh, I do believe I, I, again I'm not was... I'm not positive on that but anyway. I don't wanna I don't wanna get off track. Now we're talking about some Thanksgiving Eve game against the Heat. But anyway, that is kind of the uh breakdown for the trade. Now we talk mostly about the Celtics there, but uh kind of got a little off track. But no, you get the point. Uh LeBron's obviously thrilled about this trade. The Pelicans are set up for the future. The Lakers again, risky trade, riskier than you'd think. Okay, but now all of a sudden the Lakers, who do they have to get next? I think they need to get a point guard. If they're going to get a superstar, get a point guard, but they need better role players. I said it time and time again, construct the roster around LeBron with more 3 and D wings. Your one last year was Josh Hart. He's not even on the roster anymore. Josh Hart, too. It's, it's Josh Hart. You need more 3 and D wings. Um, again, they've targeted J.J. Redick, not really a D type of, you know, not going to play great defense, but... 3 and D wings, 3 and D wings, 3 and D wings. And guards, because they're... Guards, yes. Guards and 3 and D wings. That's what you need. Uh, you have Kyle Kuzma, power forward, LeBron at small forward, Anthony Davis at center. You are, your front court is set. Your starting front court is set. I worry about guards and 3 and D wings. That's what I'm worried about now. If I'm going to get a superstar, it's going to be Kemba or Kyrie. Last resort, you know, I, I don't want to say last resort, but then maybe we'll start thinking about Jimmy Butler. Um, I just think Butler... Would be a nice fit with them. A solid fit, not a great one, but a solid fit. But I want a point guard more than I uh, want Jimmy Butler. Because right now, who's running the point for them? Alex Caruso. I I want them to sign back Rondo and Reggie Bullock and see how that works. Yes, but they need more than Rondo. Yeah, they need more than Rondo at point. All right, anyway, uh, that's kind of the uh, whole breakdown there. So now we are going to talk about the U.S. Open. All right, so obviously yesterday, Gary Woodland... Finishes with a score of 13 under par to win the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open, one of the four majors in golf. Uh, obviously, the Masters, British Open, a little bigger than the U.S. Open. U.S. Open is uh, not the biggest of uh, 
majors. I feel like all the majors kind of sneak up on me. Uh, but Gary Woodland, a good story, a good little story there. Um, and apparently very likable on the course. But he came into the day uh, shooting very well. And he, he continued. He was nails down the stretch. And, um, I mean, he was great. I won't lie, though. Five or six holes into the day. Well, five or six holes in. Uh, for Brooks Kepka, I'd say about four even holes in. I thought he was going to win. Brooks Kepka is a guy who always takes the Masters. He shows up when it matters most. And he started the day on absolute... He was in fuego to start the day. And Gary Woodland's a guy... You know, Justin Rose consistently jokes. I did not think he was going to win. I picked him to win the Masters. What was I thinking? Um, I Actually, I picked Rory McIlroy or him. I forget. It was one of the two... Um, I don't know. And Justin Rose didn't even make the cut. But I Justin Rose Tiger. is a choker. Tiger won. Justin Rose, choker. I I kind of counted him out. Woodland, I didn't count out, but I was like, you know, I know small names win the U.S. Yeah. Open a lot, but I still, um, I still was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, we'll see. But once we started to get a few holes in, I thought, um, these past, you know, two days or so, DJ would start to, um, heat up a little bit, but no, no, he didn't, he didn't at all, um, he's actually not good at all, but Brooks Kepka won the last two, then Justin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, uh, back in 2015, this one was at Pebble Beach, which made it a lot better, because people have complained about the U.S. Open in the past, and how it's not that good, um, overall, though, I mean, Brooks, Brooks Kepka past two would have been great to see him win three, so that's kind of why I was thinking, you know, maybe, maybe he will actually, um, maybe actually win because he's won the past two. He always shows up for these major events and he was just heating up. I mean, when Brooks Kepka heats up, like if Brooks Kepka is even in the hunt, you know, if he's even at the top of that leaderboard, there's a good chance I'm picking him. So was Brooks Kepka your pick before? I did. I actually, I won't lie. I didn't take a, I didn't make a pick. Neither. I didn't make a pick, but the last time it was at Pebble Beach was in 2010, when Graeme McDowell won. Don't know who that is. Won't lie. Last year, though, Brooks kept won a score of one over par. The year before that, he was 16 under par. But this year, this was great. This Wait, year, how do you win with one over par? It it just happened. Some of these some of these major tournaments, Colin. I mean, it's been played at different places. That's the thing. So this was a very tough course. Some of these places, I'm, I think it was bad weather last year too. So it's it's some these masters. Their majors are really tough. That's why some of the guys just can't hit the ball that far. Um, that's why Brooks Kepp was so good as well in these major tournaments because half the guys that usually can compete can't because they can't hit the ball that far. But not only this this one was so fun because. Um, you know, there weren't a ton of guys contending by the end of it, but it was one, it was played at Pebble Beach, which is a great course, awesome course, beautiful course, but there wasn't a whole lot of wind, so people are taking risks. It was the risk reward factor. You know, there wasn't a whole, usually there's wind, there wasn't a whole lot this week, so people are going for par fives. It was the risk reward, and I think that makes golf a lot more exciting. Um, when you see the, you know, when people are playing conservative golf, it isn't as fun. What would you rather see, conservative golf or people taking risks? People taking risks. Yeah. You see um, Gary Woodland knocking down a couple of the really long putts. Yep. 
he's 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 nails down the stretch and I was surprised Brooks kept kind of uh, cooled down a little bit. He was uh, three under on the day to finish at ten under. Um, again, Justin Rose three over on the day. He was ten under going in, uh, finished at seven under again. I wouldn't say that's a. I'd say that's kind of a choke though. Um, Gary Woodland started the day at eleven under, so Justin Rose was right right there to take a major. And he chokes once again. That's that's the thing about golf. It's so mental. Because Justin Rose is a good golfer. He can compete in these majors. He's shown it. He just can't win because mentally he just breaks down. I, I would too. If you told me to go up there and, you know, make a, a putt, you know, on one of, you know, it's a close, even just the on the first day, just to go or up there and try to make a if putt. if you hit one in the woods and everybody surrounds you and you have that narrow little sure. channel yeah. that you have to hit it out of. I mean, it doesn't happen. That doesn't happen a lot. I think yeah. you saw that like once on TV and think it happens all the time. No, it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen sometimes, and it's like the most stressful thing ever. But I believe he got how much money? Do you get? Is that that's twelve million dollars? I don't think he got twelve. Million. I I don't. I think that's twelve twelve hundred thousand. I'm not that wait does it have a point there no this is 12 million five hundred but god I, I don't know I don't uh, think that I don't think that I think yeah. he got like a million I think that's I don't know won, yeah because at the masters it was like 1.5 no one yeah not like you know, 12.5 million dollars I think for people, the U.S. Open no I think people forgot how much that um Tiger Woods was even in the competition what he finished no at? he was he was uh he finished at two under on the day in the total thing. I remember seeing him putt on the 18th hole. He, he made the cut. So, uh, But also the last guy I want to get to, Victor Hovland. This guy was, um, I think he finished three under at the Masters and four under here at the U.S. Open. He, he's kind of been a name to watch out for, an amateur. Uh, he's kind of showed up for some of these majors. Uh, and, you know, he's showing up for the majors. I think he's shown potential to be, you know, something in the future at least. Um, but we'll see. Um, I think, I just think he'll, he'll be something in the future, but Gary Woodland, congratulations. Again, kind of a, uh, smaller name, but again, he's a nice little story. Good guy on the golf course. Nice to see him win. But again, I picked Brooks Kepka down the stretch. What did you guys think about any of the stuff we're talking about on today's episode? Uh, anything you want to get to in general, you know, if you want to get to the Anthony Davis trade, the U S open, the Red Sox, the Bruins, Patriots, Celtics, for God's sake, the Flames, if you want to. Calgary Flames. I don't know. I just picked a random team. Yeah, the Florida Panthers. Uh, you want to get to the Miami Heat. I don't I don't care. Whatever you want to talk about, the I'm Marlins. open. As long as it's appropriate, obviously. And um, yeah, the Marlins, sure. I don't care. Just call in um, on the Anchor Mobile app after the Buzzer Sports Talk. Send in a voice message. But anyway, now we're going to talk about the Red Sox of late. So let's get to that. All right, so the Boston Red Sox are riding a five-game winning streak heading into Minnesota. Going to play at the Target Field uh, for a three-game series against the Twins. Pretty big series, but they're riding riding a five-game series. It's been a while since we talked about the Red Sox because, you know, I didn't do an episode this whole weekend. And then the two episodes before that, we were talking all about the NBA Finals, NHL Finals. So it's been a while since we've touched up on the Red Sox. But they've been on a hot streak since. They obviously went on that hot streak against the Royals. Then uh, laid an egg against the Rays, dropping three of four. And then I basically, I think I talked about the first game against the Rangers. It was, I think it was the four to three loss 
I believe. Yes, it was a 4-3 to three loss. I'm making fun of Brock Holt. And then I don't think I talked about them again. They lost the next game. Then they win 3-4. to four. Then they win 7-6 to six in Boston. So they take 2-4 of four against the Rangers in a big series. Right now, they're like neck and neck with the Rangers in the wild card. Then they sweep the Orioles. Congrats, you swept the Orioles. And then Christian Vasquez goes in the locker room yesterday and says, We're back! Listen, the game was a great comeback yesterday. I watched it. I didn't watch the beginning. Uh, I had baseball myself. But I watched the end of the game. Good finish. Marco Hernandez. I remember my dad was saying, oh, we got to get a pinch hitter for this guy. Hits a solo shot. Um, and then he said, uh, I know Christian Vasquez has been hot lately, but let's get a pinch hitter for him too. Hits a, hits, I think he hit a um, blooper, right? Well, not a blooper, but the shortstop um, hit off his glove and he scored a run. So he'd be great. Uh, great MLB head coach. But yeah. um, no, five-game winning streak. Great, but uh, Christian Vasquez says, we're back. No, you're not. You're not back. I'm sorry. You are not back. No, 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 no. Shut up. Shut up. Until you beat a real team. Because the Orioles and the Royals don't count. They don't count. I said this after they beat the Royals. I said, stop. Beat a real team. Because at that time, they had just... Um, Wait, I think we're on a six-game No, that was, that was at the time where they won three or four against the Blue Jays. And then they won one of two against uh, one of three against the Astros, and then they won one of three against the Indians, and then they won one of three against the Yankees. I think it was something like that. That's what it was, right? They did not win one of those series. So great, they went three or four against the Blue Jays, and then they faced three real teams. Three at least solid teams, because the Indians have had their struggles, but they're still a solid team, and they, they lose every series. Then they go in, uh, go up against the Royals, right? Go up against the Royals. Sweep. All right, great. So let's show that against the Rays. Drop three of four, okay? Then face the Rangers, who I don't consider a great team, because here's the thing with the Rangers. They're in the same spot as you are, record-wise, but here's the thing about the Rangers. They've overachieved. They're not a great team. But they've still done solid enough, so that's why you split two I and two. It just depends on what, what team you face, okay? You face a team like the Yankees or the Astros. Rays, you lose the series. You face a team like the Rangers, who you should beat, but, you know, they've played around your level this year. We're on a six-game winning streak. We won two against the Rangers and then... Three against... Oh, three? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Never mind, Alright, so you face the Rangers who play the same level against you, so you split the series. And then the Orioles just suck, so you sweep them, because that's how it's going to go. Great, we're back. No, you're not, because you're going to go up against the Minnesota Twins, win one of three, because that's what you do. Win one of three. Then we're going to go up against the Blue Jays. We're going to sweep them. Then we're going to face the White Sox, who are about our level, so we're probably going to lose two. And then we're going to go up against the Yankees in a nice little two-game series and lose both of those. It'll be a nice weekend. Then we're going to face the Blue Jays, win two of one. Face the Tigers, win two of one. Face the Dodgers, lose one, uh, two of three. Maybe all three, who knows. And then we're going to face the Blue Jays and win three of four. Then we're going to face the Orioles, probably sweep them. Then we're going to face the Rays, maybe get swept because we haven't done that in a while. Face the Yankees, lose one of four, uh, lose three of four. Face the Rays, we're going to lose two of three. Then we're going to face the Yankees again and get swept in a four-game series. Then we're going to face the Royals and bounce right back and get a sweep. Then oh, we're and we're back! An- then we're going to face the Angels, win three of four. You get the point. You're not... This team, you're not going to... You need to be the real team. 
They have not beat a real team. You're not back because you beat the Orioles. You swept the Orioles. Oh, and to make matters worse, Matt, make matters better. You beat them in Camden Yards, all right? You, oh. you beat them in Camden Yards. <laughs> you beat them at so, their home stadium. Listen, shut up. Shut up. Until you beat a real team. Like, the Twins are a real team this year. They came out of, I don't want to say they came out of the woodwork. Uh, like I said earlier, the trade kind of came out of the woodwork. But they've been a surprise, okay? Until you beat, the Twins are a real team. Their offense is like record-setting. Um, and their pitching has been solid. This is a real team. You go into the series and win two of three, we can start talking about you being back. But I, I don't want to say just the Twins. Now, I'm saying the Twins, we can start talking about you being back. That does not mean you are back because you beat the twi- two of three against the Twins. Then you've got to go up to teams like the Rays, the Yankees, and I think the Twins have been a little better than like the Rays, but just because you win one series against a good team doesn't not mean you're back either. That would just be a good step because we haven't done it. Okay, you beat these, and here's the thing, if you get that second wild card spot because you beat all bad teams, if you can't beat good teams and you still get that second wild card spot, you're not going to do anything in the playoffs. You're probably going to lose that first wild card team, and if you, you know, maybe beat, win, play a good game and Chris Sale mows them down, you can actually support them with a few runs, maybe you make it to the next round, but other than that, you're not going to go anywhere. If you only beat these bad teams and still barely make the playoffs, I'm not going to watch you because I know you're just going to lose. I'm going to be wasting my time. You're wasting your time. If you can only beat bad teams but can't make beat good ones and maybe squeak into the playoffs, you're wasting your time. I don't know. My but, predictions are tanking here. I had them winning it. I had them winning the World Series. I didn't. I had them losing to the Yankees. I had them losing. Yep. I had them losing to the Yankees. And guess what? You had the Cardinals winning it. Yeah, I had the Cardinals winning it. Yep. I had the Cardinals winning it. I had the Yankees taking you, using you as their toilet paper, and that's what's going to happen. That was just my prediction. I saw the Yankees were going to give you a little uh, taste of your own medicine, I guess, after last year. But, no, that was my prediction. Yankees, Cardinals in the World Series, and I have the uh, Cardinals beating the Yankees because I couldn't – I wasn't that cruel. I wasn't feeling that cruel to let the uh, Yankees – which is a big risk because the Cardinals are a team that was really a wild card to make it. You know, you weren't really sure because they are in the same uh, division as the Brewers and Cubs. And right now, they are 36 and 34. The Red Sox are better. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so, if the Red Sox are 39 34 right now, they have one of the easiest schedules. They've had one of the easiest schedules in baseball. Well, I sure hope. But no, seriously, yeah, this isn't a joke. I'm not sitting here in a joke just for your amusement. No, they is, can't beat a real team. Of, they can't beat a real team. They're not going to lose all those games that you said down the stretch. You There's get no, no ob- obviously. I, I sure hope not. I sure hope not. Because if they do, <laughs> you're going to hear some good episodes. No, I hope. I hope they don't. But if they, the rate that they're going, you get my point. They can't beat a good team. That's just my prediction. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, we beat. We we won two of four against the Rangers, and then we swept the Orioles at Camden Yards. Woo! Christian Vasquez is getting all giddy because he's actually having a solid year this year. He's actually doing like, you know, Christian Vasquez because he's happy. We've won five in a row, and you know, I'm Christian. Vasquez, I might make it to the to the All Star game. We've won five in a row, and make life is great. Life is stop. Stop, stop. Until you go out and beat a real team, we'll start I'll start listening. You can even win two or three. I might oh I might take my ear ear you know I have my headphones in right now. Christian Vasquez is yapping, we're back, we're back. But I have my headphones in. I'm blocking out whatever he is saying. If they beat the twins two of three, 
I'll turn down my volume a little and maybe, you know, get a glimpse of what he's saying. Then if they beat another real team, maybe I'll take one one headphone off, okay? We'll start talking. But until they beat a few good teams, I'm not saying two of three against the Twins is going to seal the deal, but that's when I start to, you know, maybe, all right, maybe we can start at least talking. You didn't you didn't do it right there, okay? But oh, this season he's hitting... We're back, we're back. Point two five four. Christian Vasquez is hitting point two five four. And yesterday, it's sad. I mean, no, he's hitting point two nine. My bad. Which is actually pretty good, I will say. I will say Christian Vasquez has had a good year, arguably an All Star year. I'll go give him uh, an All Star vote on Google. All right. Um, <laughs> we're back. We're back. I'm an All Star candidate. Chris Sale still doesn't want me as the catcher behind the plate when he's pitching, but yeah, he wants Andy Leone. But uh. I'm still an All-Star candidate, and we're back. We Whatever. beat the Orioles in Camden Yards. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Until they beat a real team, maybe we can start talking. Until they beat a few. Because, again, two or three against the Twins is not going to get the deal done. Because that can just be, like, one close game that you were this close to losing. You know? One good series. Like, if you win two or three against the Twins, we can start making a, a conversation. But it's not going to steal the deal. No, no. But anyway, that's kind of my uh, you know little ten minute segment on the Red Sox there. Uh, please, please do something against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Basically, the moral of the story: the Red Sox need to do a lot more if they want to make up the playoff run. Uh, yep. So yep, that's our episode today. He said uh, we bring back Colin. Uh, hopefully, he can come back on more some more friendly wagers again. Friendly wagers gonna be so hard to do, so hard because NFL done, Gonzo. NHL. NBA done. Out of the blue. Nope. Bye. Now we have baseball. Oh, uh, we could and do. Wait, golf. I have. I have. Uh, and there's no even college sports on. Like, it, I I hate to say it. Don't I don't pay attention to college baseball. I don't. I'll I'll watch like a game every once in a while. Like if it's on TV, nothing else is on TV. Or you know, I'm at a restaurant and it's on. I'll just take a glimpse. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I heard I heard Michigan like upset um ucla or something the other day but i don't know much about it college hockey college hockey i will say i go i go to some games they're actually pretty fun to watch i just can never really find them on tv unless it's nesson and no offense i just can't stand nesson i don't know why it's we just it's, do, it's 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 just so bland i don't know we could um, do no. friendly wages on the uh NBA, you just have to be off season. Yeah, true. Agency, That's true. But. All right. Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll fi- we'll figure it out. I think the last friendly wages we did was like a month ago, so we'll see if that counts or not. Because I don't even know if we'll be able to find stats. I think that was like, will they play today or something? But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> those ones are. Stupid. I think yeah, because there's nothing else on. That's what it's gonna be. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening uh, again. Uh, calling on the Anchor mobile app, typing after the Buzzer Sports Talk, sending a voice message. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you next time.